when I'm on mission, I often sometimes will feel like everything is breaking the wrong way. Like, man, I feel like every time I talk to this person, they're in a bad mood. Um, I'm, I'm not really meeting people the way that I, I felt like I would. Um, and all of the different efforts that I have put into mission just seem to be thwarted. And there are other times when I've just felt like incredible grace on the different efforts that I've had. And then people's hearts opened up when I thought they would probably be very closed. And oftentimes the difference between having a really fruitful strategy and uh, one that just feels like it's constantly not working can be uh, the way that you engage in prayer. That can be a big part of it. And that is because there is an air war going on. There, there's a spiritual realm and things are happening in that realm and they really affect the way things happen in the physical realm when we're engaging with people, especially when we're trying to see the advance of the kingdom. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit 1kh.org. One of the things you have to keep in mind is that when you go on mission, you are taking territory away from the enemy, and he does not like that. So this is really the component of our whole strategy that involves warfare. And it's really important that we do this work in advance and that we don't put this as a maybe something we'll do at some point in the future. We need to put it as the foundation of anything that we're doing that's missional because it's going to be pushing against the boundaries of our enemy's kingdom and really advancing the kingdom of the Lord. And when I think about sometimes the the kind of way that we treat prayer strategies, especially in the kind of Western Christian culture, uh, I think of a story that I heard once about uh, a movement that was exploding in South America, and it was a youth movement, and there was a leader there that was uh, seeing just incredible fruit, and it was getting lots and lots of attention from around the world. And there was a particular denomination in America that got really excited about all the fruit they were seeing, and they actually sent a delegate, to, and their, his assignment was figure out how they're doing it. Like, how are they seeing so much fruit? And there was a crazy kind of uh, interchange between uh, this delegate and the leader of the movement when they actually sat down and the delegate was sitting there with his pad o- uh, open and just could not wait to hear the strategy that was just transforming this whole city. And when he, when he heard and asked the guy, okay, like, what, what, are you, what are you guys doing? Like, give me the details. How is this working? The, the actual leader said, well, we got really serious about prayer. And he kind of just stopped. And the guy was like, okay, cool. Yeah, what else? Like, tell me like the details. I want to understand, like, how do you, do you guys do small groups or how, what kind of studies do you guys do? And he's like, well, what happened was we got everyone really serious about prayer. And that's how it happened. And the guy was like, okay, you know, but like, what else? Like, what, what, what kinds of, you know, what are you, how are you guys organizing all these groups? How are you guys thinking through? Anyway, this went back and forth for an entire hour where the only thing the leader wanted to talk about 
was the importance of prayer. And this person that came in from the States was very frustrated. And then at the end of the conversation, he actually started pleading with this guy. He's like, I can't go back to the people who sent me with, you got really serious about prayer. You have to give me your strategy. And that was the end of the conversation because the leader said, look, you heard the real thing that undergirded everything, that really catapulted everything. And this is a tension that we oftentimes feel. It's like, what is uh, the role of prayer in the movement of God? And if we neglect this and don't make it practical and clear and foundational, oftentimes we are going to neglect this at a level that will make it very difficult for us to see any real fruit in what we're doing. So what is extraordinary prayer? I want to give you guys a really clear definition. So all you do is when you think about extraordinary prayer is step one, think about your current prayer life. And step two, add one thing to it. Your current prayer life is ordinary prayer. And if you add something, that is extra. And in other words, that is extraordinary prayer. That's what we're encouraging, encouraging you guys to do. When you are going on mission, it's important that you get used to the practice of adding extra to your prayer life. And we're going to give you guys in uh, video 10 different models for extraordinary prayer. But in terms of what this is, is, this is very simple and it really shouldn't be intimidating. But when we think about, like again, how important it is for us to have a good prayer strategy, one of the ways I like to think about this is that we need to become committed to winning the air war before we engage in the ground war. This process can really be the difference between people having open hearts or closed hearts when we are sharing the gospel. You know, there are times where when I'm on mission, I often sometimes will feel like everything is breaking the wrong way. Like, man, I feel like every time I talk to this person, they're in a bad mood. Um, I'm, I'm not really meeting people the way that I, I felt like I would. Um, and all of the different efforts that I have put into mission just seem to be thwarted. And there are other times when I've just felt like, incredible grace on the different efforts that I've had. And then people's hearts open up when I thought they would probably be very closed. And oftentimes the difference between having a really fruitful strategy and uh, one that just feels like it's constantly not working can be uh, the way that you engage in prayer. That can be a big part of it. And that is because there is an air war going on. There, there's a spiritual realm and things are happening in that realm and they really affect the way things happen in the physical realm when we're engaging with people, especially when we're trying to see the advance of the kingdom. And one of the examples that I think about every time I think about this sort of air war, ground war distinction was the Six-Day War. In 1967, uh, Israel was about to enter into another war with five uh, of their neighboring countries. And as this began to become clear that this war was about to break out. Israel decided to engage in a preemptive strike where they, they called it Operation Focus. They only had uh, 212 planes and the opposing forces had many times that. In, in fact, Egypt had 452 enemy aircraft uh, and they launched this preemptive strike at 7.45 a.m. and they were able to destroy almost all five of these nations' air forces on the ground before the ground war began. And so that morning, the air war was completely won. And as the 
uh, ground war began, it became a much more simple operation, and this became one of the greatest victories in modern history. In six days, they were able to defeat five different armies that were coming in from five different places all around Israel. But it really came down to what happened in Operation Focus. It was winning the air war and then letting the ground war um, become a far more easy and predictable event. And that is really analogous to the tension that oftentimes we feel about prayer and our own work. And so it's important to do the groundwork. You're not going to win the battle if you don't do the ground war, but you're also unlikely to win the ground war if you're not first uh, really winning that air war. So there are three core beliefs that really cause somebody to become very committed to a lifestyle of extraordinary prayer when they're on mission. The first one is that, do you believe that every salvation is a miracle? That it isn't your persuasion, your intelligence, or your effort that's primarily responsible for other people's salvation. For someone's heart to suddenly be given over to God, the, the scriptures say that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Jesus made this really clear. He said in John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And so th there's, this is primarily a spiritual process. The problem that, that the person you're talking to is having with the gospel isn't primarily between you and that person. It's really between them and God. And so when you stand in the gap and intercede for that person, it makes a huge difference in both uh, God's activity towards them and their, own, the, their heart towards the gospel. And so God expects us to do a lot of that work and that that's when he begins to move. He's made the decision to really bind himself and his actions in part by the prayers of his people. That was a sovereign decision that God has made, and so we need to initiate and engage in prayer uh, in order for us to be a part of that process. The second thing you have to believe is that we, we can accomplish nothing on our own power. We are powerless without the power of God. Jesus said this in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's a promise if you remain in him and he in you. He said, then apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you really believe that? And I, I realize that every single time I engage in mission without prayer, I am saying, I don't believe what Jesus said. I think I can do it on my own. And I don't, it's clear that we can't. Like, this is something that we can't accomplish on our own power. We need his power. We need to be abiding in him and him in us. And so if you believe that, you'll have a lot of energy for prayer. If you really think it's your power that is going to create success, then you're going to struggle being disciplined in your own intercession and prayer on mission. The third thing you have to believe is that prayer works. We, we read about that in John uh, James 5.16. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So this is something that actually has power. It has power because it's God's decision to sovereignly work through the prayers of his people. And one of the reasons that I think that God has created this is so that none of us can ever boast before him uh, because we did it. It's really all about him and all about his glory. We are in his story. And so a big part of making sure that he gets the glory and we don't is that we need to be engaging in prayer and we need to be giving God the glory for all. And you'll see that it's not you when you begin to pray. When things start to miraculously sort of fall the way of the kingdom, you're going to realize, I don't think it's anything I said. I think that something else is going on. And that what, that, what else is going on is that the Holy Spirit is working um, through your prayers. And again, it's not your prayers ultimately that are making the difference. It's God himself, but he won't act if we don't pray. That was a sovereign decision he made. And so we need to keep those things in order so that we get to participate in all the mission stuff that God is doing. He's the missionary. He's the one who is longing to bring these people back to him, but he wants to do that in cooperation with us through our prayers. And so we must engage 
in a effective extraordinary prayer strategy. So if you guys are ready to develop a lifestyle of extraordinary prayer, we're super excited to walk you through a bunch of different models that will really resonate with the way that you live and will help you make this very concrete and very doable. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.